Blog Talk Radio. I'm talking to you today from the subject, The Power of a Made-Up Mind. Repeat the subject after me. The power, the power. of a made-up mind. Made-up mind. This church, this ministry are a school. The power of a made-up mind. The text is found in Psalm 57 and 7. Repeat it after me as I shall read it. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing. I will sing. And give praise. And give praise. I will quote from Reverend Ike, the seventh chapter and the fourteenth verse. Repeat it after me. If you want to be something, if you want to be something, to do something, or to have something, first, get it in your mind. Make it up in your mind. First. For a moment, I would like to use a bit of what they taught me in the theological cemetery, I mean seminary, and pay homage to just a bit of homiletics and hermeneutics. Homiletics being the science and the art of delivering a religious address. Hermeneutics, the science of scriptural interpretation. The word heart, as used in the scripture we just read, my heart is fixed, indicates the deeper mind, the subconscious level of mind, where thoughts, moods, attitudes, and ideas settle down and determine your destiny. So then the heart is the deeper mind, the subconscious level of mind, where your thoughts, moods, attitudes, ideas, and beliefs settle down, and from there they determine your destiny. The scripture goes on to say, my heart is fixed. The word fixed here indicates settled in the mind. Fixed indicates the state of having a matter made up in the mind. Now here is a statement that I want you to latch on to. Because it is something that every one of you have and some of you may not be aware of it and I want to make you aware of it. Here it is. You have the God-given power to make up and create in your mind whatever good you desire. I'm going to put it in the first person and have you repeat it after me. 
I'm not interested in simply an intellectual exercise in my messages. I want to impress this upon your subconscious soul. There is a lot of purposeful repetition. Repeat this after me, please. I have. I have. And I want you to say it with your hands, with your voices. That alerts your subconscious mind that there's some good stuff coming that you want it to catch. I have. I have. The God-given power. The God-given power. To make up. To make up. To create. To create. In my mind, in my mind, whatever good, whatever good, I desire. I desire. I want you to think of this making up of the mind and making up something in the mind in a sense of making up dough to make biscuits or cookies or whatever. I'm going to repeat this again with you. And this time I want you to call your name. Instead of saying I, if your name is Susie Jones, I want you to say Susie Jones. If it's Henry Brown, I want you to call your name. And then follow it with this statement. I, I call your name. I have the God-given power. To make up, to create, in my very own mind, whatever good I desire. Now here's another statement, just listen to this. Once you make up, fix, and settle what you want in your mind, then the God in you will bring it to pass. As a person, it is your business to make up, to fix, to settle what you want in your mind. This is so important. Too many people complain, Oh, Reverend, I'm not getting anything out of life. Well, what have you made up in your mind? Ladies and gentlemen, you're only going to get out of life what you make up your mind to have. I spoke in Los Angeles some years ago at the Scottish Rite Auditorium on this subject. And a couple of young men saw me on the street the next day and said, Oh, Reverend Ike, that was some good stuff you talked about yesterday. And as soon as we get some money, why, we can do that. <laughs> Let me give you a shocker. It doesn't cost one cent to make up your mind. Say that with me. It doesn't cost one cent to make up your mind. You can be penniless. As my mother would say, as poor as Job's turkey. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, things begin to happen the moment you make up your mind. 
The power of a made-up mind is the power of God in you. And you turn on the power of God in you by making up your mind. I said a moment ago that I could have still been in South Carolina sitting on a log in the woods saying, poor black me. I've told you time and time again. My mother taught school in one room, seven grades. I and my mother walked to school every day four miles. And four miles back, she got the princely sum of $65 a month. I remember one time my mother showed me $700 cash that she had saved over the years. I don't know how she did it. But she had made up her mind. I'm tired of walking these four miles to school every day and back for just $65 a month. And she took me in those $700, went to the next big town, which was Savannah, Georgia, and ordered concrete blocks and built a store in the front yard. And she operated that store until she passed on. But where did that begin? It began when she made up her mind that she wanted to do better. Many days as we walked those dusty and sometimes muddy roads, people would pass in their cars and splash mud on us. Busting was not an issue in those days. <laughs> they rode the bus and left the walking to us. <laughs> and you know I'm not a racist. I'll have to say this if somebody's here for the first time. I'm not a racist. The only color I have any respect for is green. And if you get enough of that, people won't care what color your face or anything else is. Anyway, I could have cursed those people riding in those cars. I could have become a rabid racist. Walking those dusty, muddy roads was when I made up my mind. That's where all of my Rolls Royces began. <laughs> While I didn't have a penny, ladies and gentlemen, hear this. Everything begins with a made-up mind. Say that with me. Everything begins with a made-up mind. I challenge you, I dare you sitting here today. I don't care what you've got, what you haven't got, or what your condition may or may not be. Make up your mind about something right now while you're sitting in this seat. You don't like where you're living? Right where you're sitting. Make up your mind, I'm moving. <laughs> You need some more money? Right there sitting in your seat. Make up your mind. I'm going to have some money.
And don't equivocate about it and mess around about it. Lord, if it's your will, give me some money. Lord, if it's your will, help me make up your mind. Money and everything else is first of all made up where? In the mind. My favorite scripture in the Bible that I perhaps quote more than any other is from Paul in the 12th chapter of Romans. Be you transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Everything begins with a made-up mind. I challenge you, ladies and gentlemen, nothing can stop the power of a made-up mind because the power of a made-up mind is the power of God. I want to repeat that again and have you repeat it after me. The power of a made-up mind, the power of a made -up mind is, the power of God. is the power of God. God in you is your power of creation, and God in you creates for you according to what you have made up, settled, and fixed in your mind. Therefore, make up your mind to have health, happiness, love, success, prosperity, and more money. Make up your mind right now. Over the years, I've told you this true story, and it's worth running by you several times a year about the lady who was sick for many years, an invalid. Her husband took her to all kinds of doctors, took her to many healers, might have even sat and got the prayer cloth if I had been around. This was long ago. I wasn't around in the flesh then. She didn't get any better. Her husband worked every day and came home every night and left her in bed and found her in bed. One day when he came home, he found her switching in the kitchen. He said, my God, honey, what happened? Did you take that new medicine from that new doctor? No. Did you say those new prayers? No. He said, my God, honey, what happened? She said, well, I was just laying in bed just feeling bad and just hurting and sick as I can be and you had done everything. I'd done everything I knew how to do. I prayed all I knew how to pray. And she said, I just finally opened my mouth wide and yelled out, oh, hell, I'm well. And she said, I just flung those covers back and jumped out of bed. Now, I know some of you are not used to this kind of praying, but you see, I pray like that. What a healing prayer. Oh, hell, I'm well. There's some of you right now, some of you right over there ought to pray that prayer like that. Because you've been praying those little nice sissified prayers. You've got to pray. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. Uh-huh.
up in the YouTube and Facebook and all that. I've been forgetting about my my the, the the treating old blog talk like a stepchild. I didn't even open the mic, so I didn't hear half of the stuff I said. But anyway, you'll get the point once I get into it. Uh, how many of you have actually made up your mind to be successful? I mean, really made up your mind you know that's what you want to you want to be successful, whether it be a business, a relationship, whatever your goals are. How, how, have you made your mind up? And what I mean by have you made your mind up is that you have no doubt that you will be successful at whatever you're trying or endeavoring or, you know, whatever you, you, you started. You know that you're going to be successful. You may not know all of the little details, all of the, you know, the roads you might take, but you know the end result is your success, your wealth, your peace, your prosperity, your 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 good health. You know this. That's what I mean by made up my, your mind. I don't mean when, I, when you, you, you want to aspire to do something and you got all these doubts in your mind. That means that you're double-minded. You see? That's what that means. That means you're double-minded. You're not sure about your success. You don't know if how it's going to come, what you're going to do. You know, it, that's double-minded. So you have to make it up in your mind that failure is not an option, um, that your success is going to happen by any means necessary without harming anyone or anything. Okay. That's what I mean. And I know a lot of people have aspirations, but they haven't made their mind up. They haven't defined in their mind and and visualized their own success. I'm telling you, this mind science is real. Uh, Reverend Ike was on to something when he started talking about this mind science. Scientists are coming coming out, quantifying it, and, and breaking it down in science terms, how powerful your thoughts are, and it gives you exactly what you want. So if it's something you're not liking in your life right now, that you're not totally appreciating, your thoughts, you, you gave yourself that experience. 
And I know so many people want to refuse that. They don't. No, I I couldn't give you this. I, I got I got fired from my job. I gave myself being fired. Yes, you had a fear somewhere. When I got fired from Walmart all those years ago, I hated the job. I hated it. So I hated it so much that I tried to get a new position. And before I got that new position, I got fired from it. If I'd have gotten that new position, it would take so much time. Uh, away from my home and and, and the things I really wanted to do. So I got bye-bye. And to the point where I could never work for them ever again. I can never, if I wanted to go work for Walmart, they got me blackballed. For something as simple as I tried to use my discount card on food. (laughs) And I didn't know that you can't use your discount card on food. They didn't tell us that. That's what they fired me for. Abuse of the discount privilege that I never even got. But that means they wanted to get rid of me. So, But it, but it was a good thing because if I probably say I'm going to be probably doing this radio show. See, I, I knew I hated the job. I knew I wanted something more, and I, I could see it for myself. And the universe gave me exactly what I wanted by firing me, getting me just and to the point where I couldn't go back, and to the point where you know I was like I'm not working for another. I was sick of it. I'm not working for anybody else that could just control my my destiny like that. You know, so I got into cutting hair. I told you guys that story before, but it's a lot of little details that I didn't go into. But I really see how I gave myself that fire, and how I it, it was me that brought it to me because I. I used to get up 5 o'clock in the morning, get over there, stock them shelves, and do all that nonsense. And, and working with the other people who didn't, that's all they knew, and that's all they wanted out of life. They were satisfied with that little bit of money. They were satisfied being controlled like they were on a plantation. They were sat- And I, I, those attitudes made me sick. Just listening at the way they were talking and behaving and the conversations. You know, I came from Wall Street to that when I moved south. You know, imagine the conversations I was privy to working down at, you know, for Payne Weber with these guys, millionaires, people making all this money, and they come into the south and working with people who all they knew was working at either Walmart or uh, McDonald's or some plant, making and and and, and uh, thinking about their money and hourly wages where I'd never, I didn't have an hourly wage. I was on salary plus bonuses when I worked for that, for uh, paying with in other companies that I worked for there. So, <laughs> I, I mean, the people were great people, but they just wasn't of the same mindset that I was. I wanted more. And I gave myself more by my thoughts. They fired me and I had to put up with like 10 weeks of no money coming in. You know, almost, I got the notice to be evicted. <laughs> that notice said, you have so many days or you're out of here. And two sons and a, and a pregnant wife. Imagine that. And she couldn't work. Not a dollar was coming into that house for a while. And I, when I think back on that at that time, I can't even, 
I don't even remember how I got out of it with the money. I don't remember everything. Yet that's how it is. When, when things are working for you, it'll just work. And when you go back and say, how the, how the hell did that happen? But it, I'm here. But I know I made up in my mind that being broke is not an option. Failure is not an option. Being an extreme millionaire is an option. That's what I'm striving for. You call me materialistic or whatever, you know, hey, I know one thing. Uh, when you have lots of loot, you can do lots of things, good things for people. I give to people randomly, whether it be through my tips when I'm at the restaurants, or I just see people at the side of the road holding up signs. I, I, you know, I hand them some money. And when I give it to them, I say, may this come back to me tenfold. And it happens all the time, like clock work. I know people have given to this ministry. Uh, someone gave something today, uh, right, right, I mean, right before the show. I know that every time this brother gives, he's getting that back ten times. I, I know he can testify to that. That's why the Bible says it's happier to give than it is to receive. I don't ask you guys to help because I want to, you know, take your money and, you know, and blow it or, you know, live good. I ask you because I tell you that because there's a spiritual science behind it. Reverend Knight was right. When you give and then you put a demand on that money to come back to you tenfold, it will come back. I did that last week. I gave a nice tip to someone, and I said, as I in my mind, I said ten times, and it happened all the time, like clockwork. And and I, I and sometimes I got to get on my case because sometimes I don't, I get so caught up in other things I don't remember these principles. But if I just practice this principle, if you guys just practice these principles on a daily, and not just daily, just daily and multiple times throughout the day, you know how rich you will be if you just practice that? Nothing anybody can do to stop you. There's people right, you know, there's other platforms, they want to, They don't want me telling y'all the truth. They don't want me to tell you that this whole secure party creditor stuff is a bunch of nonsense and y'all just wasting money. They don't want me to tell y'all how to Go through these courts and, and, and know the procedure, know their game, and know the loopholes in their game. And one of the biggest loopholes is constitution and jurisdiction, personal and subject matter, those two right there. And when I read these cases to you, this case to you, I'm going to prove to you how important the jurisdiction is. And you need to be a certain age. Even if you don't – see. People say, if you don't know what you're doing, minimum contact is, you shouldn't be doing that. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you, even if you don't really fully understand what jurisdiction is, you need to be saying it because of one thing. They got to tell you how they have jurisdiction. They have to make it clear. That's why in every petition, there is a clear outline of how that court has jurisdiction to make a decision. These people are not reading cases. They say they're reading it. They, they Either they read it and can't comprehend, or they're deliberately telling y'all something false. You see? So back to the whole 
have you made up your mind for success? Have you made up your mind to be the person that you say you want to be? No doubt. You got to get rid of all doubt. That's like being lukewarm. And the Bible says you'd be spit out, lukewarm, mm-mm. either you're hot or you're cold, one or the other. Who's in the chat? Let's see, let's see, let's see who, who's supporting today. A lot of people. Jamie, what's up? Peace, peace. Uh, Curtis Williams, Karen Israel, as always. Uh, Amexa Moore, peace. Thank you for the donation. Marnell Bay, peace. DJ B Thunder, Peace, uh, Chief Lemuel, Carter A, Yoko Malik Bay, JDL, Slaw Shaw, Shalom, uh, who else, who else, who else, who else, who else, uh, Antonio L, and all those who are either on blog talk, listening in. Right now is nobody. <laughs> Everybody's on YouTube. Yeah, so hey. That's right, Karen. The only person that can stop you is you. That's it. No one else is see, we have to understand how that mind works. People do say and try things all the time. Now, it's up to you to make a contract with their words and accept them as truth. The only reason why you don't know who you are or most people don't know who they are is because they don't understand their true power, and their power is drawn off of someone else's idea of who they should believe in and what they should do. This is why it's so easy for people to go and allow Entities to tell them what to take for their health Because they don't know Or have they have not taken the time To study their own Bible They not haven't taken the time To study their own health Because if you study your own health There's so many things out there That can help you I just, I just ordered a uh, some golden seal, very powerful detoxifier. Some people use it to get you past drug tests. Yeah, really. But there's other things that can help you pass drug tests. Uh, you know, just my little side note, apple cider vinegar helps get rid of marijuana if only if you're taking a piss test. Cranberry juice is for the white stuff. <laughs> okay, that came straight from a doctor. Because the chemical basis of those two things combine with the chemical of those drugs, and, and you will urinate them out. Now, if they do a hair follicle test, you're done. <laughs> no, you're not getting around that. <laughs> so, but if you, a urine test, those two things will help you. So, that, that, that might help some people out there who are trying to get a job and they got to take a trip. All right, so, but, yeah, Golden Seal, very good, uh, what is it, uh, antibacterial herb that you, you take. 
and it's very expensive. Like, you know, like a pound of it was almost a hundred bucks, but I bought it. You know, it's good to have it, man. Y'all, y'all should see my um, my my cabinet full of. Uh, let me see if I could pull up a a photo of my um, my cabinet <laughs> of herbs. All right, I'm gonna share this. All right, now they be asking. Okay, window. Let's see which window. Chrome tab, window, photos. Hang on, they, 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 I got this new computer and it, I gotta do some. Mm-mm. All right, let's see what I want to share. This right here. There it is. That's my that's my my apothecary. That's just some of them. That's just stuff. Some of them. There you go. That's a little. That's a African uh, bird pepper, turmeric. Oh, uh, let me see if I can. So I can read the labels. Hyssop herb, sarsaparilla root, flaxseed, burdock root, licorice root, <coughs> small flowered willow herb tea, beetroot. That's good. Small flowered willow herb is good for gray hair. And y'all can tell I ain't been taking it. Parsley root. I don't plan on getting rid of my gray hair. Mullen leaf, very good for anything to do with the lungs. And Golden Seal is good for that, too. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me give you some. Uh, this this is my water that I distilled. I'm not trying to advertise for nobody. so They're not paying me. Unless they're paying me, I ain't showing they late. Um, that's right. Hit the like buttons for me. Got 14. We got 40 in the building. Come on, we can uh, we can do better than that. Good people, study more peace. Uh, apple side. If you want to mess with it, I say not to butt the guy and just a couple of teaspoons. I poured it. Just letting you know. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what you're trying to say. Yeah, I know not to take that more than seven consecutive days, peace. He said apple cider is poison. I don't know about that. Uh, So is turpentine. But mixed with sugar, it does wonders for the body. Oh, I know everybody's got their, their, uh, their things, what something is good or not good, but Apple cider vinegar is very good for people who have high blood pressure, and that's true. So I, I don't know. I never heard that apple cider vinegar was poison. 
You're the first one that I've ever heard that from. Um, Dr. Daniels is a doctor. Plenty of other doctors always suggest apple cider vinegar. All right, let's get into this whole uh, jurisdiction thing. Let's get into that. I'm going to pull up this case. Oh, now who would be calling me while I'm on the phone? Um, while I'm doing my show, I don't know. It's not a number I'm familiar with. Um, let's see. Where's my case at? Okay, here it is. The case is Charles Thomas Dickinson Petitioner versus United States. Let's share this so y'all can see this. All right. Oh, let's share this. Share screen, and I want. Chrome tab Dickinson. Boom. Y'all can see that. Let me uh, fix up some windows here. Chat. All right. There we go. They take some banners away. Hide that. This is Charles Dickinson case. So let's read this case. And it's really pertaining to the Miranda warnings and things like that. So this is how, you know, this all ties in with the jurisdiction. And Miranda v. Arizona, we held that certain warnings must be given before a suspect's statement made during custodial interrogation could be admitted in evidence. So what's a custodial interrogation? What's a custodial interrogation? Let's look that up. Let's look that up. Let's look it up. In the United States criminal law, custodial interrogation or generally custodial situation is a situation in which the suspect's freedom of movement is restrained even if he is not under arrest. So, what's examples of this? What is an example of a custodial interrogation? Wouldn't a traffic stop be an inter- a custodial interrogation? Oh, before I keep going, hey, I am not an attorney. Uh, this is a ministry. Hindsight is a ministry. Is the uh, Ministry of Infinite Abundance, the Church of Infinite Abundance, and our King Barber Church just gives spiritual counsel. As a matter of fact, on the screen is a lawyer there. You might want, you know, if you feel like you need one, there's, a, there's some numbers. <laughs> one is criminal law, one is personal injury, family. There you go. But what's a custodial arrest? A traffic stop is a custodial interrogation, not arrest. Now, you hear a lot of people on YouTube, oh, that's a custodial arrest. That's not the right term. It's a custodial interrogation. Why? Because you can't leave. They're not allowing you to move. They haven't put you under arrest, 
That's why I see videos, oh, you got me under custodial arrest. They're totally wrong. It's custodial interrogation. Right here, Supreme Court is telling you this, okay? In the wake of that decision, Congress enacted 18 U.S.C. Section 3501, which in essence laid down a rule that the admissibility of such statements should turn over turn only on whether or not they were voluntarily made. So when an officer pulls you over, he comes up to you, let me have license registration. What is he doing with that? He's conducting an interrogation. And, you know, he's investigating so he can look it all up and see who he's going to charge. So if you give him the stuff he's asking for voluntarily, you, you, you know, you're giving up rights. You're giving them personal jurisdiction. Yes. But even then you have a way out. Why? Let me keep reading. Right? Rule that immensity of such statements should turn on only on whether or not they were voluntarily made. We hold that Miranda being a constitutional decision of this court may not be in effect overruled by an act of Congress. And we decline to overrule Miranda ourselves. So they're telling you that act of Congress, they cannot make a law to overrule this. There's no law, and they're not going to do it. The Supreme Court I'm talking about. We therefore hold that Miranda and his progeny in this court, governed the admissibility of statements made during custodial interrogation in both state and federal court. So this applies to both. So you can use this in your, your if you get in these trafficking, this is a case you can use right here. Charles Thomas Dickinson, Petitioner versus United States. Petitioner Dickinson was indicted for bank robbery, conspiracy to commit bank robbery, and using a firearm in the course of committing a crime of violence all in violation of the applicable provisions of Title 18 of the United States Code. Before trial, Dickinson moved to suppress a statement he had made at Federal Bureau of Investigation Field Office on the grounds that he had not received Miranda warning before being interrogated. So when a cop walks up to you and starts asking you stuff, all of these questions, how fast you going, all this, and he has not Mirandized you or gave you a Miranda warning, as this states in quotations, you have an option to suppress anything you do after that point. The district court granted his motion to suppress, and the government took an interlocutory appeal to the United States Court of, of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit. That court, by a divided vote, reversed the district court's suppression order. It agreed with district court's conclusion that petitioner had not received Miranda warning before making his statement. But it went on to hold that Section 3501, which in effect makes the admissibility of statements such as Dickinson's turn solely on whether they were made voluntary, was satisfied in this case. And then concluded that our decision in Miranda was not a constitutional holding and that therefore Congress could by statute have the final say on the question of admissibility. Because of the importance of the questions raised by the Courts of Appeals decision, we granted certiori, certiorari, and now reverse. So they reversed 
that the decision back. One court said, "Yeah, we're gonna. He did it voluntarily. We're gonna. We, you know, we reverse in that decision. We begin with a pre- brief historical account of the law governing the admission of confessions. Prior to Miranda, we evaluated the admissibility of suspects' confession under a voluntariness test." The roots of this test developed in the common law as the courts of England and then the United States recognized that coerced confessions are inherently untrustworthy. So when you're coerced, oh, we're going to take you to jail, we're going to do this, you better give me this, and all of that, you can use all of that to your benefit. Now, here's all the cases we're not going to... Did this one case, Lord Mansfield, C.J., stating that the English courts excluded confessions aimed obtained by threats and promises. King v. King versus Warwick Shaw, a free and voluntary confession is deserving of the highest credit because it is presumed to flow from the strongest sense of guilt. But a confession forced from the mind by the flattery of hope or by the torture of fear, comes in so questionable a shape that no credit ought to be given to it, and therefore it is rejected. Let me slow down. So all of these people telling you, if you can't, don't challenge jurisdiction because you don't know how this, well, I'm showing y'all how. I'm not going to tell you not to do something and then don't give you the information to help you get out of it. And I think that's very irresponsible. Anybody would tell you that. Here it is, right here. Most situations you find yourself, they're threatening you. They're they, they talking about uh, uh, contempt of court, all of these crazy things. They get you to bow down. It's untrustworthy. And, we, and pretty soon we're going to get into vacate void judgments because just about all of these, these, these you could go back. And, and vacate judgments that should have been voided, that shouldn't have been rendered in the first place. All right, let's keep going. Over time, our cases recognize two constitutional bases for the requirement that a confession be voluntary to be admitted into evidence. And you, you notice they told about the Constitution, right? The Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination and the due process clause of the Fourteenth Amendment. See, e.g., Bram versus, example given, Bram versus United States, 168 U.S. 532, 42, 1890 states. Seven, stating that the voluntariness test is controlled by the portion of the Fifth Amendment, commanding that no person shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. So when they're telling you, give me this, this, that, and you, you, you're in a criminal matter. You cannot be compelled to be a witness against yourself. So when they write you a ticket, well, failure to give up driver's license, fail to give a registration, you're within your rights because giving them anything is being a witness against yourself. He don't have a warrant to require that. Well, he says, well, I got probable cause. Okay, you got probable cause. Well, take your probable cause to a judge and swear under oath to your probable cause and come back and talk to him. But I'm not going to argue that on the side of the road. I'm just going to tell them, no, do whatever you got. Write me a ticket. Whatever. We'll, we'll, I'll see you in court and deal with it. And then 
I know a lot of y'all like these tort claims working, man. I'm moving towards those, too. Now, Brown versus Mississippi, reversing a criminal conviction under the due process clause because it was based on a confession obtained by physical coercion. What is a, uh, what's physical coercion? When they pull out the handcuffs, right? Oh, you see? When they're throwing you up against cars and stuff, those are physical coercion. While Brown was decided before Brown and his progeny for the middle third of the 20th century, our cases based the rule against admitting coerced confessions primarily, if not exclusively, on the notions of due process. We applied the due process voluntariness test in some 30 different cases decided during the era that intervened between Brown and Escobedo versus Illinois. Those cases refine the test into an injury that examines whether a defendant's will was overborne by the circumstances surrounding the giving of a confession. So in that clause, 412 U.S. at 226, the due process test takes into consideration the totality of all surrounding circumstances, both the characteristics of the accused and the details of the entire interrogation. All the circumstances attended upon the confession must be taken into account. If all the attendant circumstances indicate that the confession was coerced or compelled, it may not be used to convict the defendant. Determination depends upon a weighing of the circumstances of pressure against the power of resistance of the person confessing. Stein v. New York, v. 46, U.S. 156, 85, 1953. We have never abandoned due process jurisprudence and thus continue to exclude confessions that was obtained involuntarily, but our decisions in Malloy, the Hogan, and Miranda changed the focus of much of the inquiry in determining the admissibility of suspect incriminating statements. In Malloy, we held the Fifth Amendment self-incrimination clause is incorporated in the due process clause of the 14th Amendment and thus applies to the states. At 6-11, we decided Miranda in the hills, on the hills of Malloy. Malloy. So, in Miranda, we noted that the advent of modern custodial police interrogation brought with it an increased concern about confessions obtained by coercion. Because custodial police interrogation, by its very nature, isolates and pressures the individual, we stated that even without employing brutality, the third degree or other specific strategies, Custodial interrogation exacts a heavy toll on individual liberty and trades on the weakness of individuals. We concluded that the coercion inherent in custodial interrogation blurs the line between voluntarily, voluntary and involuntary statements and thus heightens the risk that an individual will not be accorded his privilege under the Fifth Amendment, not to be compelled to incriminate himself. Accordingly, we laid concrete constitutional guidelines for law enforcement agencies and courts to follow. Those guidelines establish that the admissibility in evidence of any statement given during custodial interrogation of a suspect would depend on whether the police provided the suspect with full warnings. These warnings, which have come to be known colloquially as Miranda rights, are a suspect has a right to remain silent, that anything he says can be used against him in a court of law, that he has a right to the presence of an attorney, and that if he cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed for him prior to the, any questions if he so desires. They will appoint him. They're supposed to appoint you somebody. 
if you ask, before I say anything, I think y'all heard that, right? Now, let's go to the law, which is 18 U.S.C. Section 3501, a miscibility of confession. In any criminal prosecution brought by the United States or by the District of Columbia, a confession as defined in subsection E hereof shall be admissible in evidence if it is voluntarily given. Before such confession is received in evidence, the trial judge shall, out of the presence of the jury, determine any issue as to voluntariness. So let me stop right there. In places like Georgia and some states, they want you to sign the ticket, right? Now, I wouldn't sign my name. I would say under duress, involuntarily signed. I would say that, involuntarily signed. I would actually sign it like that. Now, they might take that as your signature, but when you go to court and say, look, I wrote this involuntarily signed, so I'm not, I didn't agree to nothing. I was threatened with jail or something. This is this just showing you how illegal these cops are behaving when they do stuff like that. They are showing you how illegal when the state tells you to sign a traffic ticket what are you signing it for? Why am I signing something? What is what is what am I agreeing to here? I don't agree with none of this. You can say I don't agree, or you can put no contract. But I'm I'm talking about being more specific. I don't agree. That's my signature. Involuntarily signed. That would be my signature. And sometimes these cops get so bold, they'll try to, um, hang on, let me, I don't think I switched over to the to the screen. Hang on. Hang on. Let me go back and share this, the right screen, to the, to the screen I was sharing. Share. This one. Share. All right, there we go. That's what I was just reading. Before such confession is received in evidence, the trial judge shall, out of the presence of the jury, determine any issue as to voluntariness. So you need to be bringing up all this stuff before y'all go to any type of trial. By the beginning, hey, we need to squash anything because here's why. All this was involuntary. Here's the case law that supports it. Boom, bam. Okay. If the trial judge determines that the question was voluntarily made, it shall be admitted in evidence, and the trial judge shall permit the jury to hear relevant evidence on the issue of voluntarily, and shall instruct the jury to give such weight to the confession as the jury feels it deserves under all circumstances. The trial judge, in determining the issue of voluntariness, shall take into consideration all of the circumstances surrounding the giving of the confession, including the time elapsing between arrest and arraignment of the defendant making the confession. If it, if it was made after the arrest and before arraignment, whether such defendant knew the nature of the offense with which he was charged or which he was suspected at the time of making a confession, whether or not such defendant was advised or knew that he was not required to make any statement and that any such statement could be used against him, whether or not such defendant had been advised prior to questioning of his right to the assistance of counsel, and whether or not such defendant was without the system counsel when questioned and when given such confession. The presence or absence of any of the above mentioned factors to be taken into consideration by the judge need not be conclusive on the issue of voluntariness of the confession. 
in any criminal prosecution by the United States or by the District of Columbia, a confession made or given by a person who is a defendant therein, while such person is under arrest or other detention in the custody of any law enforcement officer or law enforcement agency, should not be inadmissible solely because of delay in bringing such person before a magistrate judge or other officer empowered to commit persons charged with offense against the law of the United States or District of Columbia if such confession is found by the trial judge to have been made voluntarily. And if the weight to be given the confession is left to the jury, and if such confession was made or given by such person within six hours immediately following his arrest or other detention. So they even get said within six hours. That the time limitation contained in this subsection shall not apply to any case in which the delay is bringing such person before such magistrate, judge, or other officer beyond such six-hour period is found by the trial judge to be reasonable considering the means of transportation and the distance to be traveled to the nearest available such magistrate, judge, or other officer. You know, this, this, this C-section is telling you that when you get arrested, you're supposed to go straight to a judge. That's basically what it's saying. Um, I think y'all get the point. Right? Y'all get the point. So, why are you, why can't you why why would you listen to anyone tell you don't uh, challenge jurisdiction because you might have some minimum contact somewhere? What? This ain't say nothing about no minimum contact. Maybe you 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 get in charge with something because you're using a social or whatever on something. That still doesn't mean you can't challenge jurisdiction. You know, everything is commerce. Everything is, is admiralty. And all of this BS, man. When y'all going to get it through y'all, 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 y'all skulls that that stuff didn't work before and it ain't going to work now? The one thing that courts got to adhere to is jurisdiction. And that's all it is. They don't have it. They can't make a ruling. It's the one thing that gets you away judgment. If, the, if no matter whether you did it or not, they got to establish that jurisdiction. That's why they call, are you such and such? And you go in there answering to that. That's personal jurisdiction. Showing up to the case is personal jurisdiction. But, yeah. But if you have your motion to dismiss in there before you answer, that's not giving jurisdiction. And I, I had a situation where, oh, uh, he didn't answer, and and, and no no answer is 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 is, is uh, acquiescence, and I should win the case. And I simply point out, are you? Is I actually wrote this. Is, is the attorney so uneducated that by me doing this motion to dismiss is showing the court that they don't have jurisdiction? And this is why I'm telling them to dismiss it, because there's no jurisdiction here. I'm not giving all of the specifics. So by me answering, we say the the whole basis of this dismissal is about jurisdiction. So why would I answer something that, why would I go into the controversy when I ain't got, I don't need to talk to them about the problem or whether I, what was or wasn't. All I'm saying is you, you guys don't have jurisdiction for us to even have a conversation. So, until we figure out whether this court has jurisdiction to move forward, to even decide the matter, 
or even before it can go to a jury, we need to figure out the jurisdiction part. Okay? Stop listening to these people. The court needs that to make decisions. And if you take that from them, they can't make the decision. So start there. Why jump into all of this? Oh, uh, I got my UCC file. Uh, I'm not the store man and all of that. I was served improperly. Well, you can say that too, but you need to put that in your paperwork. That's jurisdiction, too, and proper service. Y'all looking for this guy. I can't even read this thing y'all got on here in all caps. I don't know what that says. I don't understand that. I understand this. This is. I understand this, what I wrote, but I don't understand what y'all got. Do you, that's why if you, if you ever sit in a traffic court and someone, they agree to some, oh, well, you were speeding 100 in a 70, well, we're going to knock it down to 10 miles over. Fine is 100 bucks. Uh, we, we're going to give you this break. And then they go to the so-called defendant, and that's we agree. And he, he, he might go on. He might grunt. And then the judge say, do you understand? And he grunts again. And he, do you understand? That's jurisdiction. He can't make a decision until you voluntarily say, Yes, you understand. So what are you talking about? Minimum contacts. What are they talking about? It, 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 you know what? This is a warning. Because I see the attacks coming. I'm telling y'all, I ain't going to do what I did two years ago. I'm going to respectfully... Pull out the pull out the real cannons and show y'all the truth. Okay, you you saying this? Okay, here, what, what, what's this here? I'm gonna start calling. I'm gonna really start pointing this stuff out. So I want. I'm. Here's your warning to all of those who think they want to come at me. I'm ready. I was ready before, but the spirit said not to do it. Now the spirit is saying it's time to wage war on these people who's robbing y'all of y'all money. Now, that the only warning is, go back into your little corner, teach whatever y'all want, leave my name out of it. Do it. Go do y'all thing. Leave me. I mind my business, you mind yours. But if telling y'all, you drop these nuclear weapons, hey. <laughs> now, because... This is dangerous to tell someone not to tell, to challenge jurisdiction. That is very dangerous. Because once you move on to the controversy, it's almost irreversible to get out of whatever they, 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 they uh, rule on you. I've seen it work. I've, I've, I've had people sitting there in trial crying at jurisdiction, 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 jurisdiction. You don't have subject matter. You don't have personal uh, and they're not explaining it, and then they they still went home, looking at time, and they went home, all because they challenged jurisdiction. And they had minimum contact. That's true. They had more than minimum contact. All right. 
They get me heated with this nonsense, these lies. So does the do not detain list not apply here? Uh, what do you mean do not detain list? You know, I y'all see that's something repeated from somewhere else. How do you know there is a do not detain list? Yeah, I, I, I suspect there's one. I've never seen one. I know that when I do my paperwork correctly, they don't really bother me. And people, other people that uh, have done certain things, they don't really bother me. Now, this whole do not detain list is not something I've ever seen. I heard people perpetrating that. They're going to put you on a do not detain list. Well, I tell you what. Tell them to show you that you want to do not detain list. See, you'll never hear something come out of my mouth that you will be on some type of special list. What I will tell you is, since I've done this, this is how I've been treated. I don't have evidence of a do not detain list. Never seen one. So signing all rights reserved, yeah, signing all rights reserved without prejudice is good. That's fine. But when I'm dealing with a traffic ticket situation where they're trying to get me to sign the traffic, I'll be saying it involuntarily signed, and that's all I'm writing. <laughs> right there, involuntarily signed. That is clear. So when the judge looks at that ticket, he said involuntarily signed here. Not the all rights reserved. Yeah, I mean, if you want to write that, that's fine. But I think being clear and more precise in your dealing with them is, is more beneficial than that. Now, when if I'm when I tell y'all how to do y'all passport process, I tell you to sign that all rights reserved without prejudice. Yeah, that's fine. When you when you're doing something like that, and if they proceed without giving no respect to jurisdiction, they, they listen. They have proceeded without giving respect to jurisdiction. See, what y'all want is y'all win right there on the spot. What happens is. They go through their little fake stuff, and then next you know, you're walking out, oh, this, that, and the other. I think I went through a straight-up straight up, straight up uh, trial looking at 10 years, and he, he's walking around and was found guilty. And all he did was say, he didn't go back and forth with him, hey, y'all don't have jurisdiction, and this is why he kept saying that over and over again. And he walked out of there. So they did their little mock trial. <laughs> okay, so they play games. If I confess it's done to the police, are they a new priesthood? What are you talking? I don't know. I, you got me lost there. I don't know about no priesthood and all that. That sounds like something. I think that's a question for the where you got that information, the priesthood stuff. I think that's better question for wherever you heard that from. Ask them that. Um. You never heard, no one ever heard me talking about priesthoods and Vatican's and the Catholic Church and England. You don't hear me, I don't talk like that. I, I, I talk in the area of their rules and taking their rules and using them to my advantage. There you go. They lay claim to, yeah, see, that's more... Um, you're, you're in custody, and they question when you can't leave, you are in custody. Yes, that's a custodial interrogation. Um, see, somebody's putting up there. They're not trying to hear divine law. They want to hear the Pope's law. See, all that stuff is good knowledge to know, but it's not good to use. 
to defend yourself. Okay? Because everything is about evidence. If you want to go get the Pope law and all of that and use that in your case and try to win it, it ain't going to work. All right? I'm going through the questions. All right. Since in every case in different at their mock trial, not saying anything else, just saying on jurisdiction, not moving off of that, would a person be thoughtful to look for a curveball? Yeah, you can look for a call, bro, but I'm not moving off jurisdiction. Simple. That's simple. Hey, if y'all got a question or a comment, uh, there's the number at the bottom of the screen, 563-999-3615. 563-999-3615. You got to you want to chime in on this jurisdictional talk. Um, you can. Call me directly. I'll get your call. Uh, if not, I'm out. I'm, I think I, you know, I'm tired. You know, I, I didn't take a plane there. We drove. So, I, you know, nine hours driving to Palm Beach. Uh, nice. Um uh, John D. MacArthur State Park, very nice park. Little oasis we found on our last day of relaxation. Oh, uh, how do you request twenty eight two eighty eight C? What is that? What's two eighty eight C? Two eighty eight C. Uh. Is that an IRS exemption from property taxes? I don't know. Don't know. If that's what your question is. I haven't, I haven't got to that part yet. Which jurisdiction? Personal jurisdiction, subject matter jurisdiction, mostly in the beginning, personal jurisdiction. Do y'all have the right person here? I'm not, I'm not a who you say I am. Yeah, do they make assumption presumptions? Yes, they do, but you use your job to get rid of them. See, the only way they pres- the only reason why they presume because you haven't put in a notice of appearance when you when you walk in there. We don't all attorneys put in a notice of appearance who they're going to be representing. They put a notice of appearance. Why? How come you can't do that? And and, and put it in such a way that they're clear that you're not the entity they're looking. For. And have that on the record. And even go so far as say take you judicial notice of that. Let's get those there. Yeah, that's right. Get the lights up. If you challenge your and they have it, can you challenge how they got how how, first of all, see that's that's the thing. JDL, you're saying if you challenge us and they and they have it, how do they have it? In most cases, they don't have it. See, the the issue you have is you don't know what jurisdiction really is, how it works. That's why you're asking that question. Jurisdiction is gained by your voluntary submission. Showing up to the court and answering and giving an answer to their claim. Putting a motion to dismiss is not giving them jurisdiction. 
Because why? You're going to put a motion to dismiss saying that they don't have jurisdiction, and here's why you don't have jurisdiction. You didn't have a warrant. You didn't have all of these things in place. So how do they have jurisdiction? See, that's what you have to look at. Some of y'all are so blinded by this other garbage out there, y'all can't see how simple it is. None of this stuff is complicated. It, no, it's complicated because so many people are saying so many different things, and most of them are not talking about jurisdiction. They're talking about UCCs and commerce, do accepted for value, uh, and all these other books that they read in, creditors in their bond, and use all of this stuff that has never worked. If you're not a U.S. citizen and that's what they want in the court, then and you state that you're not that. The person should involve the style of the party's name. Yes. If they got your name styled improperly, then it's not you. I I won a case just on that. Showing, hey, this is not me. How they got this? This styling is wrong. It's dismissed. Evidence can be challenged at any point. It's called subject matter jurisdiction. So if they, the evidence they use is not supported by open information or somebody with firsthand knowledge, a competent fact witness, and it can't be the cop, then yes, you have a basis to challenge jurisdiction under the subject matter jurisdiction. Yes. You can have a, what you call a vacate board judgment because the judge entered a decision without having a competent fact witness. Signed affidavits, all of that. A ticket is not a signed affidavit because who notarized that? Okay? What they do is they go and, and, and write you a ticket and they go and write up some notes. <laughs> Those are not, where's the signed affidavit? Where is it? There is none with a traffic ticket. And that's what, to render any judgment, that's what you need. You need a sworn statement. Because that's evidence. Me just saying, him just saying something is not evidence. That's hearsay. Did you ride your bike? What is he talking about? Um... I don't get that question. Um, I put restricted appearance in a motion to vacate the default judgment. The judge muted me and yelled over me and ended the Zoom hearing. They always do that. When you start hitting them with the right stuff and they cut you off the Zoom hearing, that means you're doing something right. Then they reschedule it. So that means you keep doing what you're doing until they leave you alone. I've seen that happen when people start saying uh, challenging jurisdiction and then they point out certain things, either they'll, you know, some judges are very polite. So they'll say, okay, we're going to reschedule this matter, blah, blah. Then they'll say, well, you need to get an attorney. That's the, you know, encourage, make you think you, you're wrong. Because why? If you got an attorney now, you just, that attorney is going to be your power of attorney. And he's going to speak for you, and he's going to give them jurisdiction. Because what he's going to do is argue the matter. Once y'all start getting to the controversy, 
personal jurisdiction is waived right there. Boom, gone. But subject matter jurisdiction, you can still fight that. Um, you think evidence can be challenged at any point? Yes. Uh, good info right now is appreciated. <clears throat> Charles Sprinkles versus Ronald Reagan, 1975. I'm not sure what that say. I'm not going to look it up right now. Oh. Okay, let me see what I got on the phone lines. Looks like some people out there. Yeah, we do. We have a couple. Six eight two two three two. Peace. Peace to the gods. Grand rising. How you doing, brother? Grand rising, brother. How you doing? Wonderful, wonderful. I just had a real quick question on this. Uh, if you can answer it here, or would I have to uh, get a uh, 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 what is it called with you? Uh, consultation. <laughs> yeah, consultation. I'm not able to answer. What's the question? Okay, well, it's in, to answering some uh, interrogatories uh, on challenging them with jurisdiction, uh, yeah. an attorney for, uh, sent was sent some paperwork, and jurisdiction haven't been given yet because none of the answers have been responded to. But I, I was sent some paperwork from a, a, the superior court of this particular mm-hmm. state, and they mm-hmm. sent me four various documents that's already on the docket or whatever, where it's answers, it says assigned for special purposes and limited jurisdiction right now because uh, it, it hasn't been answered. Anyway, the, the four uh, title, one it says answer to special inter- interrogatories, the other one is answer to form. Interrogatories and then response to request for production of documents, and then the last one is response to request for admissions. My question to you would be: Those are all uh, basically uh, questions, exactly. Like that, it yes. Like. Yes. Uh, yes. <clears throat> now, look, okay, they're sending that to you, or or you sent that to them? They, to they, no, they no, they sent it to to me to be uh, an attorney, but I I'm not. You know, dealing with the attorney, I haven't answered anything with the attorney, or, or right. the attorney's been calling me, trying to get me to answer this stuff. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Basically, no. You can just basically whatever questions they answered. Uh, I don't know specifically what the questions are. There's a way to respond to them and, and let them know you're not answering those questions. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, what type of case is? Like it's a, a no. It's an accident uh, uh, with uh, with a uh, insurance company. But the ins- the insurance this the, the guy is trying to get more money out of the insurance companies. Now I, I believe this is just my belief that the the uh, the, the attorneys for the, both insurance companies are just trying to basically make some money because uh, yeah. you know now that because it, it happened on one it happened on private property. The accident, right. and that was so that a note. You didn't write a, a fault ticket no. on anyone because no. they can't. No, no, right. no, no. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, basically, now that the the insurance companies are basically one with each other, it's two major insurance companies, and the attorney for my particular insurance company, whatever the case may be, is, is wanting me to answer these. Uh, okay, so, oh, oh, okay, so your insurance company 
attorney that works for the insurance company wants you to answer yes. those questions. Yes. Okay. To admit. Now. To admit. Because there's a lot of things on here to say admit, admit to this, admit to that. <laughs> no, no, no. All you got to do is say admit. deny. Deny, deny, okay. deny. Okay. Admit okay. is just a way to trick you into admitting. So when you say admit, no, I, I deny. I deny. If yeah. something that you don't, you feel is going to harm you, you say I deny. Okay. Well, yeah, because yeah, he wrote out, he had already pre filled these out uh, before I even got them. Talking about, uh, but I don't know it, what it, it says. Is. So some of that stuff he's asking you could be helping you. I don't know what that says. So I would suggest let's do a uh, competition and let me look at the questions. Okay. okay. I'll do that. I'll because he could be, uh, if he's working for your insurance company, he's damn yes. sure trying yes. to keep from paying this other company. So those questions yeah. that he want to wants you to admit to could be helping you. I don't know. Okay. But I'll okay. read that. I, I can tell you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I'll put it in for yeah, the country. It, I was it sounds like yesterday. He, he's trying to get you to admit to something that's going to help them win. Because you could say, yeah. admit that you didn't hit this car. It could be yeah. one of those questions. Yeah. I'm almost okay. sure it probably is one a question they're asking you. That. Yeah. Admit that you did not hit this. You're not at fault. Admit that you're not at yeah. fault. He's kind of he, what you call. They well, call these are admitting that, that, that. He is, that I that I am at fault. That's what he's saying. So. No, then you say no. I deny. <laughs> no, okay. I'm a bit still, no. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh-uh. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I need you know, but without seeing that, I can't really tell you exactly. Absolutely. Oh, uh, and what I would, if I wanted an hour of your time, I just pay double. Yeah, you just buy two of them and then schedule them. Yeah. Okay. That's what I need to All know. Because right. uh, I, I really would like to speak with you for at least an hour, okay. brother, of your time. All right. Because but what you, happens when you don't cooperate your insurance, sometimes they'll just turn on you. And um, and, and and then they'll give the person the money, and then they're going to raise your rate or cancel you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because they're just to try calling and this, that, and other, so. You know, uh, uh, yeah, all that. They get antsy now. Okay. All right. So, okay. Well, I appreciate your time and all everything right, you're doing. You. It once again on this on this channel, you're doing an amazing job. Uh, blessing to you, brother. Speak with all you. All right. Soon. Thank you. Peace. All right. Peace. All right. Good question, though. Uh, before I get to the next call, somebody said once a judge told. Let me put that here. Once a judge told a relative of mine he cannot dismiss a legal aid they assigned to him in a family court case when he wanted to present present his represent himself, I guess, in Propia Passage, she straight up told him no. Well, it ain't it, listen. All you gotta do in a situation like that, when you get there, you just say, Whoever believes they represent me, you are hereby fired, you're fired, fired for the record. Right there, three times in the court, right there. And that you don't get permission. <laughs> you tell him he's fired. Right there on the record. And I guarantee you all proceedings are gonna stop and they're gonna try to come back again with the same person you keep doing. Every time they show up, you're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You have a right, according to the constitution, to represent yourself or get an attorney. They can't force you into a contract without your signature. That's why when you go get these legal aids, they make you sign off on it. All right? You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Y'all got to get bold. If y'all want to, listen, here's the problem. 
Some of y'all want, now I do understand someone said a lot of y'all want to do stuff, but y'all not really ready for it. And that's true. You want to go in there and say you want to represent yourself, but you're not fully prepared to even represent yourself. You don't even understand what how the program work. You don't understand that they can't force you into a contract, and you just go, oh, no, no, I'm not going to do it. No, just say, you ain't got to act. Just tell that person they're fired right there in the court on the record. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You don't work for me. That was amicus Korea. I don't know what that is. That's a new term for me. I don't understand what what's the take on presenting yourself as amicus Korea. What is that? Y'all coming up with some <laughs> first time he let's see what that says. What does that mean? An impartial advisor often voluntary to a court of law in a particular case. I don't see how that would help you based on this definition. Um all right, let's go to the to the um next call. Seven eight six five nine seven peace. Peace to the gods, Hakeem. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. What's going on? Hey, What's I'm good? just hanging in now. Um, I came across something when I was looking um uh, at this um child support case I'm still fighting. And mm-hmm. I I know you listen to uh, I think the week before last show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The reason yeah. why the reason why I called today because I see some some inconsistency in regards to like um the styling uh, of the cases. They put they put the name my name in all caps in 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 a caption, but in the body, it's not in all caps. Yeah. So I'm like, what's victory because. They're addressing you in your proper form because you they want you to agree to represent the improper form. So you okay, got to so out. okay, um, yeah, I, I figured that was, was they're making you responsible, responsible for that that entity. They, I've seen okay. that they they in the body they got you properly styled and then up to there they got all of you know. And then somewhere in the body, somewhere else, when they re- re- reference like what you owe, what you owe, like say if this is an amount they want to say, well, such and such owes this, they'll have that in all caps. That when they're making caps. general references to you like such and such lives here, this and that, they'll have you in up and lower. But when they start talking about the account specifically, what you owe, what you defaulted on, and they'll have that in all caps, that part. So it's very, they've gotten a little slick with that. Yeah, and another thing that I noticed is that the, the attorney for the state was making all these, these, these claims and, and stuff on the, on, the, on the complaint, but I don't see no... Right, that's where you're supposed no to shut them down, say you don't have first-hand knowledge, who are you? Like, uh, you testifying, are you testifying to the... To the you know, you say, uh, excuse me, objection, unless he's going to testify here today. He can't give testimony here without sworn testimony. He can't do that. Because the judge is going to use what he says to make a decision against you. And he can't, the judge can't consider that. Like, wait a minute, I need sworn testimony here to testify. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I was I was going I was going back and looking up the court um the, the the court case and some of the information has been um like redacted for like so called personal information. I'm like, okay. Um, I'm probably gonna have to get a consultation with you so I can go into details of, that, right. of the. Of okay. So I'm gonna do that. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Peace. Um. Yeah, friend of the court. I've heard that friend of the court, and I saw someone. I know someone who actually tried that, and guess what? They got kicked out. So no, I don't support that. It didn't work. All right, let's go to eight four three five nine seven. You can hear me. Hello. Yes, I can hear you. Oh, what's up, man? Appreciate you having me on. No problem, brother. How can I help? Um, I mean, I got a question. It, it has to do with the topic, jurisdiction. Um, actually, I just missed a couple court cases last week because I mm-hmm. um, pretty much forgot about them. Um, mm-hmm. One of them. What type? What type of case? Uh, dealing with traffic. One of them was like a, a felonious false DUI. That they don't, you know what I mean? This is some random things that mm-hmm. not, um, probably got a warrant out on you now. Too bad. Well, they sent um, they sent uh, sent something in the mail which reminded me about it, and it was just mm-hmm. basically saying uh, that I need I had another hearing coming up that I was gonna have to basically come to that was like a sentencing hearing. So uh, they don't have no warrant or nothing else like that yet. They just basically um. You know, made another okay, date. So they, they just made a date on you, right? And the reason why they did now that's the right thing they're supposed to do because whatever that was, there was no warrant to even have you charged. So, uh, before they even talk to you, so they'll give you an opportunity to come back, um, jurisdiction. That's why they made another court yeah. because there was no jurisdiction there. And I yeah actually pretty much um I I, I be on the show uh, uh, often I'm not gonna say all the time but often um, my name is Akeem the Dream when I when I do oh, okay. make questions yeah, yeah, in, yeah, a, in, a, in a queue so I I, I already basically um challenged uh, I haven't challenged the, the jurisdiction word for word but I basically challenged um, challenged the case by telling them that they ain't had no verified uh, complaint, complaint and then the judge. Yeah, the judge basically told me that, you know, he didn't accept my uh, verbal motion, but he was like, just write a motion and whatnot. But I didn't do that at the time, and I was just planning on doing it. You should always, your real fight is always in the paper. Your word can get lost in translation. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta respond by way of uh, paperwork, and then you put your own affidavit in, stating facts. That has to be rebutted. So you'll have a sworn affidavit in, and they don't. So I, will, I could I could put like a motion in to to challenge the jurisdiction and an affidavit. Yeah. Yes. Like same time. Yep. And that would be yep. the same. So I can basically do that like I like I would have done in, originally with this at the situation now that mm-hmm. I actually missed one. Because I think that they might have did it like that instead of putting the warrant out immediately. I think they might have did it like that since he are, I already kind of spoke with him. Maybe he already mm-hmm. kind of knew. But I don't mm-hmm. know. 
You put your affidavit. So My name to... is such and such, and I'm of the age majority, or I'm competent, and such and such, and and, and you affirm all of that under oath. What would be like? What would be the point that I'm making? The point is making who you are. You're not a U.S. citizen. You're not. This is your name, but not that. And then state some. You definitely need to get into the matter of such and such happened at such a time. There was no warrant present. Blah blah blah. Whatever your argument is, you want to put that into that affidavit. You just went to the fact that you were questioned. Like me, it was attractive. I was stopped. Uh, you know. I, I, you know, I would, I would use terms like uh, I was pulled over. You know, I didn't understand why I was put being pulled over, but this is what happened. I, I state what happened, and everything I state is the officer proceeded to ask me questions without a warrant. He asked me information, but did not have a warrant. He did not read me my rights. I would be saying I, I'd state all of the facts of what happened right there. So basically, how you opened up the show. Still, Kind of like jurisdiction. Say it again. So how you opened up the show today? Basically, if I was to say like state that state um, the facts of what happened, making sure that everything that I'm saying is like something that he needs to rebut. That they're not yes. going to rebut probably. But right. if I um, he can't rebut the fact that he didn't have a warrant. How are you going to rebut that he didn't have one? Or. or he said, well, I have probable cause. But even if you have probable cause, you still need a warrant. Say if you get arrested, right? Do you know they have to have a warrant to take you up to jail? A judge has to approve that. So until you get to, to get you in jail, there must be a warrant to have you in jail. And then that means you're under custodial interrogation, like I just read earlier. Yeah, and that's then, what I'm listening to. If they decide to arrest you, they got to get the approval. I'm arrest them. I'm taking to jail. They got to get a warrant to have you in jail. A warden cannot take anybody into their charge unless there's a warrant for you to be there. So you need a warrant for arrest and a warrant to be incarcerated. You need an order. All right. You think I got? Um, yeah. I got one more. I got one more question. Um. I got a. Uh, Another another separate uh, case that's been basically looming around for like four, almost five years now. They just basically just um, they uh, they just just leaving it in limbo. Uh, I challenged a couple things in it, simple things, but they didn't even basically hear them. But they they just ignored it. But um, now they just finished mm-hmm. something uh, about a, a jury trial out of nowhere. But the thing is. During one of the court dates, um, I was on the way up to court, and I was talking to, like, some clerk, not even an um, actual person that has anything to do with the case. I was emailing them back and forth, letting them know that I was going to be there, but I was going to be a little bit late, whatnot. So I get there, like, five, ten minutes late, and I could tell that they didn't even hold court that day because the courtroom was all closed up, everything like that. So it wasn't even possible that they held court that quick. But long story short, a bailiff came up there while I was looking for um, looking at other courtrooms just in case I missed the wrong courtroom or whatnot. He acted like he didn't have nothing to do with nothing and walked past me. And then once I walked past him, he turned around and grabbed me and locked me up, basically. 
So I started telling him, like, what, we, um, I got the right to be informed what I'm getting locked up for. He said, I don't want to hear none of that. They locked me up. They um, kept me in there for a day. They and, they and they put a bench warrant out, basically, for missing that court date for that day, even though it was, like, five minutes. And after I got locked up, they didn't the, – the date and time on the um, – on the bench warrant wasn't issued until after I was already locked up for like 30, 45 minutes. So I know for a fact that that's a false arrest, and I know for a fact that that was illegal. But I'm thinking I don't really um, – I'm not an expert in anything like that, so I'm trying to figure out to do a counterclaim, would I put something oh. into the actual case case that's going on, or would it be a whole separate – A counterclaim means you're going to put a counterclaim into the case that's going on if you're going to do a counterclaim. It's like if you you being charged with something, or even if you're being sued, you do a counterclaim. It's right there in the same case. Okay. You think that would even be a um, course of action for something like that? I, I can't give you. I can't tell you that because the information you're giving me is not enough for me to base a good decision on. Give you a good answer. Right, but you, right, right, the story right. you just told me has a lot of missing pieces, and you know it. You just gave me yeah, cause I, like I, this, yeah, I that, and the other. You didn't give me the whole thing. There's a lot of mismoving parts. You're not telling me, so I can't give you an answer off of that. Yeah, I mean, it's because it, it, yeah, you know, so right? They, so if you want to really they, go into, it, no you don't want to go into it on the on the phone like this. I I appreciate that. I understand that. You need. Oh no, I don't got no problem going private into consultation. It. Private consultation. Then I can. I I need to see. See, I have people telling me everything, and then when I look at the paperwork, the paperwork is saying something totally different than how they interpret it. People interpret interpret things the way they want to see it, not how it is. And that happens ninety nine point nine percent of the time when I'm talking to people, and they're telling me this, and they're telling me that, and then when I get that paperwork in front of me and I read it, and I'll be like, uh. This is what it really saying here, you know. So, I need more information before I can answer that one. It's, it's a lot. It's very complicated, with your, you know, the story, and it's missing. Yeah, I, I, some I did say, say kind of weird. It's basically all well, that like you said it weird. It's just what you said, and it, it, it's missing parts. You know, it's missing some really vital important things. pertinent. Yes. Basically, um. It was. I just. I got called down there for like a bunch of status conferences. Cause every time they called me down there, they didn't have like I don't know where the uh, officer was. He was disappeared or something like that. But I got called down there for like ten status conferences, back to back, like months and months apart. And then um, they do that. One they time do I that because they overcrowded. With they 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 overbooked with cases. So that's like common. You know. Yeah, I tried to try, I tried to cross the whole. I try to cross the whole thing. I, I stood up in court and tried to see cross that, it. See, and see, judge, see, see what I'm saying? See see that right there, what you just said? That's a big piece. Yeah. How did you cross it? What did you say? What did you write? And by what yeah, you're I just, telling I didn't me, write it. your procedures, see that right there. Your procedures are off. No, you, I know that. Just I, I know that. Just you're just like, telling them, man, talk, talk, talk. You don't have no, no paperwork in. But yeah, brother, uh, yeah, they basically I didn't even hear it. Yeah, I gotta move on. I, you're gonna have to do a private consultation. I need to see details. That's not enough for me to say anything. Got you, got you, got you. Right. I appreciate All it. Right. Um, Peace, bro. All right. Uh, Good night. Too. All right, y'all. That's it. Okay, I wanted to address something. Yeah, judge, judges cannot practice law from the bench, and when they 
try to can you uh, uh uh an attorney and try to you know rep, get someone to rep they're practicing law they're speaking for you they're creating contracts for you they're telling you who you they're giving you legal advice when they tell you to get you know here's this lawyer um and I know it's a common practice, but you know when you really look into it, it's it's, it's both. Um, all right, y'all, that is it. Um, for me tonight. So that being said, remember, don't be double-minded. You guys got aspirations, you got goals, you want to be great, you want to be wealthy. Whatever it is you want that's positive, know you're going to get it. See yourself having it, and don't doubt it. All right? Remember, you're the God in your life you're looking for. You're the Christ. You are God. Peace.